Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet, and MKF is giving you free money and free dynasty football content with your initial deposit. Are you ready to rumble? Open a new account with a minimum $10 deposit to MKF, and you'll receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This offer is also good to extend your current DLF annual membership by one year. Monkey Knife Fight will also match your initial deposit amount, doubling your bankroll up to a maximum of $50. Featuring football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and more, you'll find plenty of entertaining contest options, even in these uncertain times. Monkey Knife Fight provides DFS games with no salary caps, so if you correctly predict the outcome, you're guaranteed to win. And there are no sharks, no professionals to prevent you from claiming your prize. At MKF, you will not get algorithmed by the top 1% who dominate other fantasy sites. So check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience, claim your deposit match, and your free DynastyLeagueFootball.com premium membership, all at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Football.com and a DLF family, a podcast. That's hot Andy Richter, Brian Har. Uh, I don't get it. I'm it. Sorry. <laughs> All that buildup. <laughs> and I Vince wrecked it already. Wrecked it. Man. All right. Anyways, that's so wagzilla. Um, so I'm going to wreck it too. I feel like we're all just going to wreck it. But have you tried those new Klondike donut um, bars that are like actually shaped like a donut and there's a hole in them and they have Boston cream? That's who I am. Whoa. I, I know. I haven't even heard of that actually, but um, that they sounds have awesome. strawberry, and I was in the aisle, and this is gonna be the longest introduction of anybody ever. But I got strawberry and Bavarian, and what I was really gonna say was Dion Lewis over the entire Jags backfield. Whoa, <laughs> man, that got uh, that went from mild to wild take really fast. <laughs> That's super duper, Bill. 
I'm just happy to be here. I've been putting in work all preseason, and I'm hoping it'll show off when I get onto the field. <laughs> did you put on the? Uh, did you put on 15 pounds or lose 15 pounds? Oh, you you know which way I went. <laughs> and, and guys, you know I always got to come with a little shade. I think my last one was. Uh, it, the, it take there's not enough glue to hold models together so mine this week it's i'm kind of actually poking a little fun at those out there who would rather me handcuff barkley with Dion lewis than me handcuffing the running back i own in leonard fournette and how do y'all feel right now oh my god we've got yeah we've got a thing to talk about for sure now <laughs> I bet you wish you had Dion Lewis now, you silly Fournette owners. <laughs> um, and it's me. It's me. It's that whole SFD Super Flex dude. And this is the Super Flex Super Show. There. Is there That's is that enough, awesome. That enough energy? Can we can we do this it. thing now? It's like... We it's just like need the smoke flavor blowing flavor. up. We can run out of the tunnel. <laughs> it's yeah. like your flavor Flav and Chuck D. <laughs> nice. Nice. I always picture it like the Ray Lewis intro, like that, the, the, that game. Picking up the does. leg. Yeah. The, <laughs> the crazy chipmunk or whatever it was. Yeah. Man, well, thanks for having us on or me on and Bill as well. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, man. Good to have you both of you guys back. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of been a while. For Bill especially, but um, yep. for considering how much uh, we talk offline, uh, it's awesome to uh, to get you guys back on. Um, need to do that more often. Yeah, we'll, absolutely. We'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on uh, making sure that you guys uh, make make a more than an occasional appearance appearance around here. Hey, wait, <laughs> when you plan out like ten minutes in advance, like we did today, I'm there. It yeah. gives me all the time in the world to really make sure I, I book it. Yeah. Everybody knows I, I am not a planner. Uh, <laughs> I don't do show sheets. I don't do calendars. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is this is how I operate right now. That's that's yeah. I'm I'm absolutely amazed that I'm not on this microphone all by myself right now. Um, considering, yeah, 10 minutes ago. Uh, there was absolutely no thought of doing a podcast. So um, it's awesome that it came together. Awesome to have uh, both of you guys with, uh, along with me and uh, my, my old, uh, my sidekick, Andy Richter. And uh, does, I still it, don't does know who that is. Yet? I did look well, Oh, I you don't know I, who it is. No, okay. I mean, I looked, I looked him up. Do you think I look like this guy or something? Like or, a much hotter version, yes. But also, he's he's the like the co-host, <laughs> like the sidekick to uh, Conan O'Brien. Oh, yeah. I had no idea, dude. I am like the least like if if it's stuff that could possibly be on Entertainment Tonight, I'm not your guy. Don't don't call me with the lifeline if you're trying to win a million bucks. Yeah. So I'm you've terrible. got a, you've got to stand up for the show. You don't get to sit down anymore. Oh and damn! I know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's awesome though. He gets to just sit on the couch next to like whatever, you know, hot ass celebrities they bring on as guests and just like throw out one liners. He gets to be the funny one. And that's, that, well, again, that's, that's you. Like 
you know, you're you're the sidekick, the much funnier sidekick. He was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> ah. In 1966. I drank beer from Michigan. Nice. Man, we Swags we and I are from Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got we've got some serious uh Michigan connections here today. But I I agree um Brian is way hotter. Yeah. Thank you Swags. I appreciate that. Definitely yeah. a boost of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. But you could also see it, right? Like if he let himself go for <laughs> Like, I mean, it, it would take some time for sure, but like, it's it's there. It's there. Um, I eat enough of those Klondike donuts. I might, you know, dude, it might work out. But it's exactly. not a donut. It's just like shaped like one. And there's, dude, they're so good. It's silly. <laughs> um, hey, you guys want to talk fantasy football? Super yeah, let's do it. Let's you guys want to talk some super flex? Um, because so today. Leonard Fournette lost his job. He got freaking cut. And then Alvin Kamara, it turns out, has been away from the team. Um, you know, um, uh, what what's the term that they used? Uh, it's it's unscheduled. Un, unscheduled uh, maintenance un- or something. <laughs> yeah. Unscheduled yeah. absence or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it sounds like it's contract-related. Uh, unexcused, an unexcused absence from the New Orleans Saints. And my question to all of you, I wonder if anybody here has an answer for me. Why on earth would anybody draft a running back in the first round of a super flex startup? Because Saquon Barkley's available. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Consistency. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's true and and he's he's i mean he's got what another two seasons under contract now he's an athletic freak it's probably oh yes i'm sorry i, th- I thought you were saying <laughs> saying two seasons of relevance and i was gonna say no he's adrian peterson athletically so yeah it'll be more than that but yes i believe he so this is yeah he's including this year there's he's got this year and next year before He's a free agent. He signed a four-year, $31 million deal as yeah. a rookie. All guaranteed. Yeah. So, I mean, you still get him for 2020 for sure. And then, you know, they probably cut him before 2021 because he's still a running back. He'll end up... You. I will <laughs> Calm down, Andy Richter. <laughs> Does he get mad, too? Does he get mad often? Because if he gets mad, it's definitely me. Because people smite Saquon Barkley. I get pretty he mad. Seems, he seems pretty doughboy happy. Yeah. Well, He's, that's me most yeah. of the time. When he, like, the most that, that he really gets mad, he just, like, gets kind of sarcastic. So, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Which, again, you've, you've got some of that in you, too. <laughs> um, yeah. So, again, like... I don't know. There's there's a lot to un- unpack here, but I mean, I I just want to start with that honestly. Like at this point, can anybody here make the case for a running back in the first round not named Saquon Barkley like at the end of can the first round? Can it be CMC? Um I mean, he's got a contract, but man, we're 4 years in, a lot of usage. I don't know. Do you feel good about him over um I don't know, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, the Deshaun Watson. 
Um, man, John, I, I got to be honest with you. Yeah, like I think yeah. if you're talking to me, like my my top four would be the Mahomes, Lamar, and then Barkley and CMC. I think mm-hmm. that just the things that they can do for the points in your lineup are are special. Um, I've kind of and and everybody here knows like I'm I think Bill's a little bit like me, but um, everybody knows I I like my running backs a lot. Mm-hmm. I like quarterbacks more, so I agree with you. But I think that I for me I group CMC in that same like the Barkley conversation, even if it's kind of wishy washy or if it depends on your scoring or. Um, I, I'm definitely not going to frown on anybody for taking CMC after that. Like, I mean, if you, if you look at somebody like Zeke, who I'm not saying for this year, but I mean, if you drafted him in the first round of a, a dynasty three, four years ago, you've been doing pretty good, like compared to the fluctuation that quarterbacks have had and who, who are the highest ranked quarterbacks at this point. So I don't think it hurts depending on the one. It is Camaro now. When you get into that, like probably one hundred eight to one twelve area, I, I'm taking a quarterback. I'm with you. Like after the two that I mentioned first, like even Zeke, I don't quite have in that category anymore in, in a dynasty setting. But man, yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind it, man. Like, but for me, like I'm probably taking two quarterbacks at like the the twelve turn there at. 12 and 201 I'm probably going for two quarterbacks and so so I agree with you Kamara was somebody that I was kind of fading this year to be honest with you same with like Dalvin Cook um even mixing a little bit I have so many shares of and I know that like John that goes into you like at one point you thought Mixon. Uh, do you still think Mixon is running back one on the season yeah I do if, if he plays yeah but that's that's the thing for me, at least. It's even that isn't compelling enough for me to take him in the first round in a dynasty. Even though, and I, you know, I still think mm-hmm. he's on course for that. But that's still that doesn't do enough for me. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. Like I've turned away from Mixon in lieu of somebody like uh, Watson or Kyler Murray, who I know you don't like as much, but some of those guys in that area. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll definitely take a quarterback there, but I think that some of the running backs, if you get them while they're nice and young, they do maintain a certain level of value. And if you're starting minimum two, I think that they there's a created need for some of the higher end running backs at well. Over a quarterback in Superflex, you know how I feel. Like I'm quarterbacks early and often. So outside of like CMC and Barkley, but I don't know. Am I crazy guys? Am I the only one here that is going to talk about CMC like that? Like, no, just curious. Like, no, I mean, CMC is up there for me for sure. I mean, cause his just the amount of points scored compared to anybody else is just such a, a league winning opportunity. I mean, there is concern about like if he's going to be getting the uh, same amount of volume that he did previously. Um, so that's a concern, but it's really nice to know that he does have that long contract. It's, you know, theoretically has some smart coaching coming in that might, you know, make him more efficient in a way um, with less touches. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of right along with Swags and the uh, two quarterbacks, two running backs to start out the draft. 
Um, just because I think that those are just by far like guys that uh, can win leagues for you. Um, and I feel good about their situation, at least for three years. Um, and as for quarter, like the quarterback swags, I don't mind doing that towards the end, grabbing two quarterbacks. Typically, like when I'm starting, in a, when I'm in a startup for a dynasty, I'm going to grab like, I'm going to try to grab one of those elite tight ends. So pr- probably a Kittle just because like, I feel good having him, especially in a premium league. And so th- I'll probably try to grab a quarterback on, on the way around. Like if I'm later, you know, later in the first round, um, that's typically how I've attacked it this off season, just because I like knowing that I have that, you know, position, especially for those two top guys who are just super high, um, you know, volume. Um, but yeah, so, but the, any running back, honestly, after Zeke, I don't feel comfortable with this year. Um, that's why I could have grabbed any running back a lot of times, except for Zeke and Kamara. So anybody passed there and I kept finding myself grabbing tight ends in the fir- first round, like mm-hmm. typically Kittle just because of his age. But I mean, that's the position I, that's who I felt most comfortable with and most sure of. So like, I don't, in the first round, I don't want to be rolling the dice, I guess. So I want to take sure things. And I know that, that Kittle and um, Kelsey are sure things. Mm-hmm. It could be a wide receiver too, I guess, but there's so many wide receivers and there's only two wide receivers. I'm certain of, in their volume. Like I only feel confident that Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams are the guys that are going to get high volume. The rest of the guys, it's all a matter of how efficient they're going to be with their touches. So, um, you know, there's a lot of question marks once you get past like 10 Mm -hmm. in the draft, in my opinion. So then that's where I feel like, okay, go, go after those quarterbacks. Yeah. Until you get to the top six. (laughs) That we've kind of learned from the past though, is when a running back starts talking about a holdout or a cron contract situation, you should take it seriously. Like we learned that with Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, Zeke, like all of them at some point have missed time because of contract situations like to John's point, that's probably a good time to actually try to like fill some of your running back needs and buy some of those players low because we always see their value go back up at some point. Leonard Fournette here, that situation is a little bit different than like the Kamara situation. But then, I mean, so John, you take like Barkley or CMC with those one of your first four picks, depending on who's there. And then like, unfortunately, like as much as I would like it to be, I don't think that super flex drafters are to the point yet to where I'm going to be left for dead. If I'm drafting a quarterback at this two, three turn there after I started with Barkley, now I can still go back to that turn. And as much as you hate it, John, you can probably get (laughs) your Aaron Rodgers there and your drew lock there. And then you can still get two more quarterbacks on that four and five turn. And you, you know what I mean? You can still, do what you like to do and then you're still like they're not as and i know even like haskins might be a bad example but you can still then because he's having a bad camp and we'll see how it goes but then you can still get like your your fifth and sixth quarterback of being haskins and herbert somewhere later in there and you started with a stud running back i don't know i i it is so I can justify it in a way. I, I kind of get it. And 
and like I said, I think part of that key part is is that we know that it's not quite to that point where everybody in your draft is taking quarterback as serious as this group is. Yeah. And I mean, part of the, the reason that QBX works is because no, you know, people haven't really caught on to this just yet. Right. Um, you know, so it, on one hand, it does create an opportunity where you can just kind of roll with what everybody else is doing. And, you know, just you're, you know, if you, if you do take a quarterback, even if you take two of them into two, three turn, you know, you're, you're still ahead of everybody else. They're not really jumping on quarterbacks just yet. So you're still getting in before everybody else. Um, you know, so there, there is an opportunity there to, you know, to still fade quarterback in the first round. It's just, I mean, part of my thing is in, in, you know, this is more directed at, um, at Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon right, yeah, right now than sure. it is at, at Leonard and Fournette. Even, even Fournette in like the third to fifth round, though, for that matter, still you could yeah. have got a really nice quarterback right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but with those guys, I mean, you do have to take them in the first round, you know, yep. uh, particularly Kamara and, uh, Dalvin and Dalvin Cook. I mean, it looks like he he actually fell to two oh one, but I mean that's still technically a first round pick. But in a you know mixing going in the middle of the second round, but that's still. I mean, yeah, if you, yeah, I, yeah, man, you make a lot of good points. Like if you if you do go quarterback first overall, like the guys that you're looking at when it comes back to you, you know, Josh Jacobs is in that range. J.K. Dobbins is there. DeAndre Swift is there. Um, yep. You know, uh, New Austin Austin Eckler. Eckler. first rounder on Miles Sanders, and now everybody's kind of uh, getting a little worried about him too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, that's to me, that's the tier that you want to look at anyway, so is, is Sanders and – uh, you know, the, the incoming rookies, Jonathan Taylor and yep. last year's rookies, Josh Jacobs, um, you know, th- those are the guys that you want to be looking at. Not, not the guys who have already done it because they're not going to do it again. The guys that you want to be looking at are the guys who have yet to, to hit that apex because you know, that like, you're actually going to get that from them at some point. Obviously, <laughs> Saquon Barkley is the exception, Brian. Thank you. But the rest of these guys have been, you know, if not RB1 overall, they've been, you know, top two, top three. Mm-hmm. When you, t- you know, McCaffrey, Kamara, Zeke, um, you know, uh, who, are, who are some of the other guys? That, uh, Dalvin Cook, He's he's been in that range. So, like, they're not going to make it back there, you know? But. Miles Sanders, he's probably going to get there at some point. We don't know for sure when, but it's coming. There's like, there's a, it, it makes more sense to me to wait for the guys who haven't already, you know, made it to, to first round type value. But what's, what's Miles Sanders DLF ADP? Uh, right now he is, where is he? 12. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's kind of there. Well, that yeah. was August. That was August, John. So, is that, I guess that's, this is still August. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, which, and we just started, uh, September's yeah. Superflex mocks for ADP. So, so yeah, right at the moment, but I mean, he had a part of what drug him up there somebody took him third overall in one of those mocks. Otherwise he probably, he would have been kind of early mid second round. Mm, gotcha. So, yeah. But, um, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, um, was consistently going at the end of the second round or first round. That one's, I don't know that that one's a tough one. Cause he, he kind of fits the mold of what I'm talking about as far as, you know, guys who haven't been there and have the opportunity to get there at some point. The problem is, I mean, he hasn't done anything. We have no proof of concept here. Right. Man, other than the situation that seems to be a great one. Although, I mean, we haven't, really gotten any kind of greatness out of the Kansas city backfield since, since Kareem hunt left, we've gotten some goodness, yeah. but. And no. before that, I mean, it was, there was nothing amazing after Jamal Charles. I mean, yeah, there really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, just being a part of a very good pass offense it, to me, isn't a great reason to, to make a running back you know, a, a first round pick, but yeah. I um, mean, what option is he in the passing game? The third right. or third at best. Day? Yeah. 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 Third at best. Yeah. And that's when he's actually on the field and who knows how often that's going to be. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Clyde. You're, you're paying a huge like ceiling price. Like you said, for something exactly. that he hasn't even had the opportunity to, to achieve. So obviously he hasn't failed at it, but he hasn't even hit the field to show us like really how it's all going to play out or I, I don't know. It's just crazy. And I yeah. think, that, I, I think for me, that's the difference between those two running backs that, that are at the top, right? So My, Barkley and CMC, Oh, no. okay. <laughs> Barkley and, and, and Christian McCaffrey, right? I mean, they, they've already done it. Yes. In terms of, I mean, Barkley's rookie season caught 91 passes. Christian McCaffrey caught over 100 passes already, you know, and, and now he gets the second contract. He's going to get the volume unless he's hurt. There's, I mean, it's it's almost guaranteed volume in the passing game, more so than even in the running game. I mean, he obviously is their starting running back and he's going to carry the football, but I mean, they're going to use him in the He's going to catch 100 passes. I, I mean, it's just going to happen. Like, there's no scenario that I can see in the next season or two where Christian McCaffrey doesn't get a hundred catches a year. Like it, it's just going to happen. So I think that's that security blanket of the volume in the passing game is where, is where those two guys really stand out in, in, in terms of their value um, in comparison to the other running backs. So I'm, I'm with, I'm, I mean, going back to the original question, right? So I'm with swags. I'm with bill in, in the top four. I think, I think it's Mahomes one, probably in Superflex. for me, it's Barkley two, And then either McCaffrey, McCaffrey or Jackson, depending on how you want to build your roster. Um, beyond that though, John, I think I'm, I think I'm kind of with you. I mean, I would much rather have a Dak Prescott, a Russell Wilson, a Deshaun Watson than a Dalvin Cook, a Joe Mixon, a whoever else. So yeah. um, 
you know, I, I think the the idea of that you're that you're talking about of what you know, why would you waste per to say a pick on a running back? Um, you know, I, I I don't think I would, except if one of those two super elite almost guarantees outside of injury running backs don't you know aren't aren't there. I mean, if those guys are there, then yes, maybe I take a. You know, maybe I take a Barkley at two and then coming back, I'm able to get God, I don't even know. Maybe, maybe Russell Wilson does fall that far. He shouldn't, but maybe he does. Um, you know, and, and then I'm I'm with Bill too. I have started to, I mean, not started to, I've done this for a long time, but I absolutely want an elite tight end. It's a positional yeah. advantage, it just is. And especially in premium leagues, I know people will argue that to to death. Um, but in, in my experience, and I can only speak for myself, but in my experience in my tight end premium leagues, having one of those guys that the Kittles or Kelsey's or Zach Ertz, he's still in that category for me. He's a little bit older, um, and and maybe didn't have the year last year that he had the previous season, but it was still a pretty damn elite year for a tight end. Um, you know, those, those guys are guys that I target almost every draft. And I'm really disappointed if I don't get one of them. Um, I think there's some other guys coming into that conversation, Mark Andrews, um, you know, Noah Fant, possibly, um, you know, Johnny Smith, John, well, well, I mean, they're coming into the tight end conversation. I don't know if they're coming into the elite tight end conversation quite yet. They will. Fant might be, I mean, for me, I'm Fant. I'm starting to consider Fant in that group. Um, but but I'm I'm the same way. I mean, and, and what Bill said was perfect um, in, in terms of the receivers, right? The only two, I'll add one more that I feel pretty confident in the volume. So obviously the two that he mentioned, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and then Julio Jones is the other one. And Swags, I don't know if I've heard you say this before, but are you a Julio? Are you a never Julio guy or are you a joking never Julio guy? Well, I don't think I've ever said anything close to that before. Perfect. Well, then I'm thinking Thanks. of someone else. I apologize. I yeah, still no, love you're you. You're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> um Julio but, is my kind of receiver the way I build teams like just because of the depreciated price he's had because of age yes. and now like he's that great piece to to add to some of my younger running backs and quarterbacks and uh yeah so Julio is somebody I've actually been trying to add to some teams the last couple of years just with his age Right. And when you're talking about wide receivers, I mean, listen to the quality of the wide receivers in the fourth round. Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown, Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, D.K. Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Cooper Cup. I can go on and on here. I mean, the the position is just so deep that it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, you can get your quarterback or your wide receiver one in round four. So why would you draft? I mean, unless you're getting, again, unless you're getting a guy like Michael Thomas, unless you're getting a guy like Devontae Adams that you absolutely know, these guys are going to get the volume. Again, it's kind of like the Barkley and CMC conversation that I just had, right? I mean, unless they're hurt, those guys are going to be top five to seven at the position. Mm -hmm. So if one of those are available, okay, fine. I understand the argument. Outside of those two guys, I don't really know why you're drafting wide receivers early right now. You it, you know, you start running back or let me let me appease the the panel here. You start quarterback and then maybe do running back, quarterback, tight end or or some so those are, you know, two two quarterbacks, a running back and a tight end in the first four rounds. 
you could draft receivers for three straight rounds and have a stud receiving core. Right. That you feel really, really good about. So, you know, again, back to the initial question, I think, John, I'm with you in terms of I'm not probably drafting a running back in the first round outside of those two guys. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's a weird like um, it almost seems like in startups and I don't know the exact ADP. um, I'm trying to pull up a startup here that Bill and I recently had. But like after Mahomes and and Lamar and Watson and then Dak and Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, it seems like after that, no matter how you feel about the quarterbacks, most of your leagues, like after that quick little those five go, there's a, a, a little bit of a period where quarterbacks aren't as highly regarded and then they kind of pop back up in like that third to fourth round area a little bit and then it gets going again because people are kind of like oh my gosh I can't believe Kamara's here and I can't believe this player's here and they go through all those or Fournette in the fifth what a deal and that kind of stuff but I think that after those first quarterbacks whether whether this group likes it or not I think that there is that downtime where the quarterbacks kind of stop. Even like if I'm trying to force one, you're just like, no, that was your time to get in and get a quarterback silly. And like, they keep going. And then, so they're drafting with somebody like John or myself, who's like, no, I'm not done. I'm still taking another quarterback silly. And then you, you just kind of keep going and going. And, but sometimes I'm surprised with, like, I want to be done with my quarterbacks, and then I'm like, well, why the hell is Drew Locke still here? Like, I can't take any of these other players over Drew Locke, so I'm going to take another one, even though you guys are looking at my team and you thought I was done, you know? So, and that's one thing I would say is never assume, like, a, a team is going to do one thing because of how you've seen the beginning of their draft go, whether they're heavy at wide receiver, running back, quarterback, Maybe you think they're all good at tight end so you can wait an extra round. Like I never think like that because I'm worried about my team and what my team's doing. If you leave me pieces that I want or that I value more than the position you think I'm going to take now, I'm probably still taking another quarterback. I don't know how many times I have to tell people that even if I'm in a draft with them is like, no, this is what I'm doing throughout the draft. And then people are still seem to be surprised. They're like, Holy shit, you were serious. Like, yes, I was, I was dead serious. So um, I I don't know where I was going with that, but um, I don't know. I, I think that there is that, that drop off of that your league thinks there is, in the value of quarterbacks after like that Kyler Murray, Dak and Russ Wilson area, even if they're only averaging a point or two difference by the end of the season. So let's talk about um, Leonard Fournette specifically, since he's kind of the hot topic of the day. I'm curious how you guys feel about this. So start with this again, round five ADP in, uh, in August. Uh, he went fifth overall in the or fifth, yeah, fifth overall in the fifth round, ahead of uh, let's see, DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, uh, and then at running back guys like Chris Carson, David Montgomery, Todd Gurley, and immediately after Matthew Stafford, Tua, Melvin Gordon, Cooper Cup. How far does he drop now? getting cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. How much is that? Does that affect you guys? 
Well, I think this just is for anybody who believed in Fournette, like in startups, he wasn't untouchable for me personally. Like, I think this is an eye-opening experience that, you know, you, even though you, somebody did really well last year st- statistic, eh, statistically, that, you know, that doesn't guarantee anything, particularly when you're running back. And um, so, I mean, this drops him substantially, in my opinion, because there's no reason, like, wherever he goes is going to be – a team that it doesn't necessarily have the scheme that's going to fit him. They're just going to look to throw him in there because he's a, a name. Maybe he pl- can play a role, but most teams already have roles. If any team needed him, it was the Jaguars, right? Like, I mean, who else is out there that at least doesn't have some depth at running back. So like, I think like if I was in a startup right now, it would be very difficult to pick him in the top. I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't pick him in the top 10 rounds. Yeah, I feel like even weeks ago, every player you mentioned outside of like Chris Carson, I probably would have pulled the trigger on before Fournette and definitely all of those quarterbacks. Um, I'm kind of with Bill. Like he would really have to fall for me to actually take him. And um, that fall would probably have to be as far back as the seventh or eighth round, honestly, and maybe even more. Like, um, I know that you're asking me where I'm comfortable taking him, and the easy out is just to say so late that I know he's not going to be there, and that's probably the truth. But I think, like, what we want to try to achieve is to get everybody to sort of realize that that's the way they should think, and you should probably fade him, like, past like the seventh to ninth round honestly like if there's any quarterback that i feel is starting like outside of nick Foles and mitch trubisky like i'm definitely putting them over leonard fournette at this point and some of those quarterbacks go late Mm -hmm. so i i feel like he's a huge fade it's a it's a tough question for me to answer honestly because i he would have to be like so late that you're just like, okay, like now it's time. It's the 11th round and nobody's drafted Fournette. Like what a nice addition for my last flex spot. Yeah. And the frustrating thing about this whole situation too. I mean, so Fournette is a guy that, I mean, he literally could be out of the league now. Like this could be it. Like his career could be over, you know, or he could sign and be a contributor somewhere and have a big week 16 that wins you a fantasy championship, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I have no, and I have no idea. Like, I have no idea. I, I don't, I, I don't, you know, watching him last year, I thought he looked better than the previous couple of years. Right. But, yeah. But he was healthy. Right, he was healthy. That's exactly it, Swags. I mean, he 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 was healthy for the first time, and he had some statistical numbers and performance because of it. Um, it was I wowed, like, oh my god, Fournette's a guy that I need to own. No, he, uh, no, you know, but right. but but it's a it's a it's a frustrating thing because right. So if you have him, it's like you know, if you already have him rostered, it's like well, you might as well hold right because the value is gonna just tank so bad that it's not really a point, you know, unless you can get something for him, my guess is you won't be able to get much at all. 
Um, and if you if you are looking at him in startup drafts, I mean, for me, it would be even later than than what Swag said. I mean, I mean, I don't even think I would be looking at him until double digit rounds, be, just because. I mean, there are very useful players. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the one twenties right now in ADP. Hayden Hurst, Mikael Hardman, uh, Darius Slayton, Dallas Goddard. I mean, Brian Edwards. Like, I'm not taking Leonard Fournette over any of those guys. If 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 they have a chance, if the player has a chance to be useful, I'm not taking Leonard Fournette over them. Because in reality, could he come back and be decent? Sure. Absolutely. He could come back and be decent, you know, if he lands in a great situation um, and maybe there's an injury or something and he comes in, you know, and, and that's the other thing. And I honestly think that's what's going to happen. I don't think he's going to sign into a camp. I think he's going to, we're not going to hear about him for a couple of months. And then somebody's starting running back is going to get hurt at some point, And that's where he's going to end up landing. Hmm. And could hmm. he come in there and make some impact? I mean, who knows? Maybe. I'm not counting. So you think on he it. clears waivers? I, I mean, the only team that I, I, the only team that I can really see, if they couldn't get a seventh round pick for him, yeah, I do. I mean, I, the only team that I that I could see picking him up is Washington. Um, and honestly, that would drive me batshit crazy because I, I just think there's, I mean. If you're gonna do that, you might as well just hand the reins to Antonio Gibson and let and see what you got, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's my opinion, especially since I have a bunch of shares. So, I mean, um, I think if Fournette was all of a sudden in Washington, I think that Antonio Gibson's probably getting a signed jersey. To be honest with you, hmm. do you think that? I mean, Adrian Peterson's there, so I mean, doesn't. Right. Peterson carry, you know, have enough of a similar skill set to um to Fournette that they may not do it. Because anybody that picks them up on waivers, it's gonna cost them four million. Now, granted, four million right now is a little different than four million, you know, in March, but um, you know, teams can just spend the money now and not have to worry about it. But that's money that they don't get to move to next year's salary cap. And they know they're gonna be losing salary cap because of COVID they're not making as much money. So that's dropping. So I don't think teams are going to be willing to take the chance to, to pick them up on waivers, knowing that they got to pay him 4 million. They're going to wait till he clears waivers and then try to sign him. And I think Har, you made a great point that he's probably going to hold, hold off because why not wait till, you know, you're going into a really good situation. Then if you do really well, the second half of the season, you might earn yourself a contract for next year that you wouldn't have otherwise. So, I mean, it just makes a lot of sense for him to, to wait right now. So what is the situation that, that gets him, um, you know, that, that brings him as close to where he was value wise for you guys. Um, Ooh, I mean, I, I don't know if he ever gets to that production again where he's getting that many yeah. carries. He might have more than three touchdowns, but I don't think he's going to have that many targets or maybe not that many carries. But I think that the the value-wise, I think that you just look for the opportunity when he signs in a in a situation that we can create a narrative for that it could be lucrative for his production. And I think you just sell out at, at your first chance. You know, you don't sell low today 
but I think your first chance of even like Brian said, you know, now he is a player that may have an opportunity to score points, but I think with that opportunity, that's your sell window. And um, I'm never going to really like Fournette any more personally than I did as what I thought he would have been with a Jag this year. So yeah, that one gets a little bit tough, man. I, I, I think you just hold and then sell to somebody that needs him. You know, the Rams are rumored to be willing to throw some money at him if he clears waivers. I don't know how true that is, you know, rumor being a key word, but I don't know how much cap they have, but I've I've heard they're willing to spend the little bit that they have left on Fournette. Mm. So, because here's the thing. So, my Superflex rankings, hard Superflex rankings, both available at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. And uh, we're going to have to update them here. We're going to have to make an adjustment for Leonard Fournette. And I hate doing it. I, yeah. I I mean, I know that I need to. I'm, I always hate making rankings adjustments. In the offseason, it's like, I mean, okay, so what just changed? These guys weren't on the field. You know, they didn't do anything different. Um, and sure. then in season, it's like, okay, so, you know, this guy looks like he's breaking out, but, you know, it, it feels a little too soon to mo- move him up too much. Like, I, I was, I, I mean, I've been slow on everybody. I've been behind mm-hmm. on, you know, I was behind on Pat Mahomes. I didn't get him up to 101 in Superflex until, mm. you know, a few weeks into the 2019 season. Um I was a little quicker with uh, with Lamar Jackson to move him up to 102, but I, so, I, I still didn't like it. I didn't do any rankings this year at, at this point, to be honest with you. So do Brian, Bill, did you? Or uh, so if I'm going to include you in this or not? I don't do rankings. It, so then my question is to... Do you where did you guys have Fournette in your rankings before this? Like, did you agree with that mid-fifth range, John? Um, man, I'll have to look it up and, and make sure. Um, I mean, in terms of where he was at, you know, within the, the, within the running back group, uh, I think I probably had him a little bit higher actually. Okay. Um, overall, I mean, he might've even been lower than that just because I'm low on running backs in general. I mean, you right, start right. with Saquon in the, you know, mid late first round and for sure. back from there. Yeah. And I know you are like, I, I mean, I even saw a couple of your tweets out today, like kind of like, why do people zero, you, you know what I mean? You, you kind of had a, something about Kamara Dalvin, like um, there's a lot going on with running backs right now that definitely feed into your points and how you value running backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I had him a little bit later. I've had him, kind of in the seventh to eighth range. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a little bit, I mean, the thing that he had working for him was obviously the statistical season and the health that he had last year and then his age. But I mean, he's significantly higher in most rankings than guys like James Connor. And I don't think that's, I mean, I mean, until yesterday, it it makes a little bit of sense because of job security, because Connor's in a contract season. But from a production and a ceiling standpoint, I don't even think it's close. I mean, I don't think that's close at all. If James Connor is healthy and Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, 
it's not even going to be close. So I had him a little. We bit. will never know, but I'm not a James Conner guy. That's okay. I'm not overly a James Conner guy either. I think James Conner has a wonderful situation when he's healthy yep. and when Ben's healthy. And unfortunately, that's been trouble the last two seasons because, you know, Conner was great in the first 12 games of 18. And then he goes down, right? Right in the heart of the playoff season for, for fantasy and dynasty owners. And and then, you know, and, and then last year, of course, both of them were hurt. And I mean, last year was a whack season for the Steelers. You can't really determine a whole lot out of that season, in my opinion, anyways. But, um, you know, but but Connor in those 12 games, I mean, he looked like Le- it was Le'Veon Bell. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as flashy as Le'Veon Bell. It wasn't as pretty. But production wise, statistically, it was almost identical. Yeah, if you take the, I mean, he kind of trickled off towards the end of the season, like even in 2018. But but I hear you, I, I do. Um, so I has another question, kind yeah. of Leonard Fournette yeah. related. Sure. So, how does this make you guys feel? Um, and I'm I'm the biggest Gardner guy here, probably. So, but it even it, I can tell you how it made me feel. But how does how do you guys feel today about? the moves that the Jags are making and the security of Gardner Minshew's future. And like, is this kind of a chance? Should we be getting out? Should I be getting out of my Gardner Minshew shares? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I hate that. I hate to say that because I was on Minshew train early, like before the season started last year and you know, but I'm just really concerned about that. You know, it's just like, they're not giving him any tools to succeed. I mean, the one thing is they got a a better offensive coordinator. So maybe that's something that maybe they just say, Hey, Fournette doesn't fit this. I feel better with the other guys we have, or maybe we're bringing in somebody that nobody knows about yet. You know, that's going to fit this scheme better. So maybe in the long, you know, maybe in two weeks we know more. Um, But I would wait to see if he pops that first week. Or second week. I hear you. I I do. But I mean, we're also, I mean, I'm guessing they're not going to tank to draft another running back at 104 like they did Leonard Fournette when they had Blake Bortles and could have got Mahomes or Watson or, you know what I mean? I'm guessing they're not going to repeat that. So, how good does Gardner have to do in this situation they're putting in him to fail? in order to even keep that job? Like, is that even feasible to assume at this point that they see him or hope to see him as a long-term solution? He's got enough. He he has to win enough games to finish outside the top five in the, in the uh, NFL draft. <laughs> That's what it takes. Yeah. yeah so, he's got to show some major Minshew magic. Yeah. So you're probably but looking you, at you like feel six, like he seven can earn wins. their trust and and maybe get a contract next year and they don't they don't go after a quarterback in the draft. I think John's exactly right. I think it has to be I mean, if they have a top five pick, they're drafting a quarterback. There's I mean, there's there's just no Yeah. And it's I, not even I don't about, think it's not even about Minshew at that point. Right. You know, it's it mm-hmm. he could he could have he could have the best season you know, that he's statistically. Yeah. Yeah. 
But if they don't win games, which they're going to have a hard time doing, it's a, right. it's a young defense yep. without a lot of playmakers. Now your offense is down to, you know, a bunch of role players out of the backfield, DJ Chark and whatever the hell of Iska Chenault's going to be. I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of it. Chris that's, Conley, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, like redraft, I don't hate him this year. You know, like I, uh, I would yeah, love to have him on my team, like in a redraft as like a, a yep. second quarterback or something like that, just because he's got the legs and he's got They're likely going to have to air it out. Exactly. Gar- garbage he's time. Scrambling man. I mean, it's going to be, so he's going to be really good for redraft and he's somebody I would love to have on my team. It's just a matter of like, if I'm looking at my, you know, 20 teams, I don't want to have like 10 of him on my team, you know, right. I'm on 10 of my teams. I would, I would be more comfortable having him on four of my teams I mean, that's kind of where I would be like right now because I'd be like, man, they are not giving him the chance in Dynasty right. to. Um, so I still want some of them just in case, but I just don't want to have that much risk, I guess. Yeah, I, I am absolutely more worried about Gardner today than I was yesterday. And I mean, I'm wearing open bar like Gardner Minshew mustache shirt today. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it kind of made me think, like, huh, like, so they're they're this makes me feel like they're going after a quarterback. Like, I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's time for me to diversify a few of my teams, and like you said, Bill, get rid of a few Gardner shares, not all of them, but need to cut bait. What I do wonder, though, I mean, I guess there there's still a, a, a probably a glimmer of hope beyond 2020 even if you do draft I mean, even if you draft trevor lawrence you're probably looking at, I, I, and i don't even remember is it is is sec gonna play this year acc yeah acc yeah. is playing okay so allegedly you know, the, yeah so that i that hurts a little bit more but you know if you if you end up with because the big 10 is not correct correct at this right. point big so, 10 and pack 12 or not yeah so if you if you ended up with justin fields or trey lance then you know you're you're drafting a guy who has just been i mean not sitting on the couch necessarily but certainly not playing full speed full contact football for the last year I don't, you might, you might still get another, you might get that bridge year at a Gardner Minshew if that's the case. I think Trevor Lawrence is the only guy that probably walks in and unseats him from day one. Yeah. I mean, the problem though is, you know, at at what point does he lose that job? Like, you know, that it's coming, you know, you know, that's coming in the next season and a half, basically. Yep. Yeah. And man, that's just it too. Cause then, and I know they're older, but, you get to that point where last year, if you were depending on Ryan Fitzpatrick or you thought you were going to depend on Tyrod Taylor this year, you can for a minute, but the minute's not long enough to even be able to take advantage of the, the sell opportunity that you could have had with those players. Like before they drafted to and Herbert, even seeing it coming, there still could have been a, you could have made a better case to sell them then, to get a certain amount of value. So the minute, like, even if you get to the point where Gardner is the obvious bridge to the next thing on that team, the value dip in what people are going to be willing to pay you then versus today. I just don't know if I want to wait. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm really toying with kind of going out there. I, and I feel like for this move, you almost need to wait a few days until the negativity of the Jags dies down. There needs to be new news in the air. But I think at that point, once it's kind of faded a little bit, I'm probably going to start trying to move a few of my Gardner shares, you know, so. And I do. Th- so so I'm not overly excited about the Jacksonville offense whatsoever. I mean, I don't think any of us are. I will say this. I think DJ Chark has a chance to have a really, really good season, though. Yeah. And just because, I mean, think about Allen Robinson as a Jag with Blake Bortles, right? Blake Bortles wasn't good. Blake Bortles threw the ball a ton because they were down by 10 points after about six minutes of the game. So, and 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 I honestly feel like that's the type of scenario that this is going to be. I think Minshew is going to put up decent numbers, you know, like Bill said, in redraft, uh, I don't think he's a bad second quarterback to have. And I think you can spot start him, you know, on weeks where they're going to get their ass beat. Yeah. <laughs> put him in there because he's going to probably throw the ball 52 times, complete 30 of them for 420 some yards. You know, he might throw three picks, but he throw four touchdowns too. And then, you know, that yeah. that's like throwing three touchdowns. Even so. that, you know, like this is kind of um it takes me back to last year when we didn't even know Gardner was going to be the starter yet and how crappy we assumed the Jags were going to be. And then I mean when once Gardner was in there, like he's got a winning record already, you know. We don't know what it would have been like for an entire season of him. So as far as winning goes, like he's already shown that he can he can win in the NFL and now he doesn't have to worry about losing that job to Foles throughout the season. So I mean I don't think it's too crazy to think that if giving the opportunity he could succeed in the NFL. Um and I don't think that that's you guys are saying he can't, but he he I don't know, he already has a winning record. Like he's already probably done better than Blake Bortles, you know. I, I, I agree, Swags, mm. and I, I agree with that 100%. I think that he can be a guy like um, maybe even a better version of a guy like Case Keenum yeah. or, or, or someone yep. like that, somebody who can start for a team for a couple of years, get maybe one big contract, um, and, and, and shock some people, you know, and, and, and who knows, maybe even be better than that. If they put a team around him, that's the yeah. problem that he has in Jacksonville. There's, they don't have any, but I mean, DJ Chark is it. That's it. Yeah. And you know, they so, did add like Chanel, like John said, I know that, that he's a rookie and we have to see, but even last year at this time, like we were so down on the Jags, like we weren't talking about DJ shark as a positive piece right. to that team it was still like dd westbrook what what about dd and mark easley exactly so right. we you guys remember thought, keelan cole <laughs> keelan right, cole. Yeah. exactly <laughs> we thought Foles was going into a losing situation but then once Foles was gone gardner made that a winning situation yeah and that's what we thought of the jags before gardner so we know that gardner has always been kind of in a situation that we perceived as bad and that Foles was going to be in that situation. So I don't know, man, maybe Gardner's better than even somebody like me thinks he is. Well, and I, think- oh, I thought you were going to just leave it. At. <laughs> maybe he's even better than me. <laughs> nah, no, that's, that's crazy. You could no edit way. that, dude. <laughs> well, and at the end of the day, I think it does, it, it, it does come back kind of John to what you said. I mean, if, I agree. If, 
if he wins games and they're seven and nine and and yeah. you know and and are drafting in the you know thirteen to sixteen range or thirteen yeah. to fifteen range or something like that, then they've probably priced themselves out of quarterback. Maybe you don't, you know, maybe you don't take Lance. You know, uh, it, that's his name, right, John? Yeah, the kid Trey from Lance. North. Yeah. So so maybe you don't take Lance. But I mean, I can't imagine a team being out there with with. I mean, look, if you are drafting in the top five and you have Gardner Minshew as your quarterback, and with all due respect to Gardner Minshew, because I I'm with you, Swags. I like him. I think he's I think he's more capable probably than what a lot of people think, um, and especially if he has the right weapons in place. Um, but. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, he's going to be more useful this season than he is, I think, from a from a NFL quarterback winning games perspective. And that's the problem. If he doesn't win games and they're they're in that one to six window where one of those two quarterbacks is available. I mean, you're you're talking about Trevor Lawrence and, you know, I'm probably overstating it because you know, th- there's Debbie guys out there that study this crap and will tell me that there's all kinds of flaws with Trevor Lawrence. I look at Trevor Lawrence and I see a, I see Peyton Manning. I mean, I see Tom Brady. I see, I mean, that's the caliber of prospect I see when I look at Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, nobody's passing on Trevor Lawrence. No, not, not when you've had the history that you've had. Now, the Jags passed on Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and Deshaun Watson and drafted a, a, a quarterback named Blake Bortles. So who knows? Maybe the Jags do something crazy. But um, if they're in a position to draft either Fields or Lawrence, I think they have to do it if they're if they're in a position to draft those guys. Yeah. So here's where things get interesting. So right now the, the Vegas odds have it. Uh, I mean, at least the last time I checked, and I don't know what the Fournette thing is going to do to move the money, but right now, Betting odds are it, it, it's tied between the Jaguars and the Jets for the lowest win total. That's are not drafting a quarterback. Sam Darnold is their quarterback, so the Jags are going to have their pick if they if it finishes the way Vegas sees it. That was going to be my question. What do or you do somebody if somebody trades up? Yeah, that that's a that's a possibility too. But so if the Jets end up at one hundred and one, you're telling me that they're going to pass on. Trevor Lawrence after the impassioned speech you just gave about him. <laughs> I think I think I think they will and I think yeah. um yeah, so there are some um major defensive prospects coming out that are 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 difference makers too. Um and I don't know who they are right now because <laughs> I don't have them pulled up and I don't pay attention to defense except Micah Parsons who's going to be a top 5 pick too because he's from Penn State. Um, but you could have totally just made up a bunch of names. I could I, have, but I, see, I I'm not, that's I not me, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, we need so Gregory Rousseau from Miami, the edge rusher, six, six, two sixty. I mean, he's, he's a you're stud. Just, you're making this up right now. No, no, that's a real guy. Yeah, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> he plays for the hurricanes. Right. He already you. opted out. <sighs> You know, Sean Wade from Ohio State, the corner. You know, now, are you drafting a corner over one of those two elite quarterbacks? I mean, I'm not, but will the Jets? Probably. It's it's Gase if he still has a job. Yeah. What if he's gone by then? But you've got a new head coach. I, I Yeah, I don't know. Does Sam he'll probably Darnold... draft Justin Fields and try to move him to running back so he can get rid of Lev Bell. That's what he'll probably do. 
So I think an appropriate way to handle Gardner Minshew, though, like after talking this out with you guys, because um, you, you've all kind of like put tidbits into my brain that I think like I want to morph into one and see if you guys agree with this. So I think what we have to do if you're the Gardner owner at this point is you you hold him, you you hope that he balls out. If it gets to the point where they have a losing record and that you, we feel like they're going to have a higher draft pick. And again, we do still have to worry about a team trading up to get a quarterback. But if you think that they already looking like they have a losing record and are going to be going after a quarterback, you need to move Gardner to one of your quarterback needy teams for some kind of return that helps you in the future. Is that, does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like Gardner Minshew for the for this season, and I didn't feel that way before, you know, before this conversation. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Brian put it as eloquently as as <laughs> as possible when he said, you know, when they're when they're not going to get their ass kicked, the offense is, you know, or when they're going to get their ass beat. This offense is which, which I mean, Vegas is already saying like three quarters of these games are going to get their ass kicked. So, you know, your ass beat all the time. Yeah, it's just he's he's I I mean borderline matchup proof because what else are they even going to do? Based on that, though, I I, just a just a one word answer from each of you guys. Who is the running back to own right now in Jacksonville? Oh man! All right, here's my answer. You ready? Yes. (laughs) Bono. It was kind of one wordish. (laughs) Thompson. Nice. We got swags. Oh man, I. I, I don't know. I'm not really a Chris Thompson guy. That Me that's either. a tough one too. Um, but Gruden is. Yeah. But when? The last five outside years. Of, outside of him being on the same team that Gruden coached, like, do you see that in the numbers? I mean, he's been pretty. Uh, like, he's been a decent. Is this uh, in your imagination or you looked at the stats though? And I'm not trying No, I mean to, I've had him on I mean? my teams like, over the years, so I'm I'm aware of of him putting up numbers when he plays. It's just a matter of you know, like he has had injury issues, but I if I'm gonna pick a guy out of the three guys that we know are there, I'm picking the guy that I know has a defined role, and I know that if he's not playing, he's not gonna get touches, which you know what I mean? Like, but he will get touches if he is playing. And so of those three guys, he's the one guy that I feel like I know I'm going to be able to make a decision easier on than the other two. Hmm. So m- more of a PPR play you're going for here? Or? Well, it's just a more of a situational play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, of course he's a, he's a PPR running back. He's a receiving back. Like that's what he does. And, and he can fill the role of being the, um, you know, number one for a game or two, but he's not going to be the guy long-term, but he'll be the third down back for sure. Especially with those three guys. Uh, I Man, I don't know. I just don't know if I see it. I think he, you're starting to see a little bit more to where I, I might kind of believe it, even from like the, the PPR side of it. But I just, I just can't get on board with Chris Thompson. I think he's one of those things that, um, 
he always did a little bit less than we made it sound like. And he had those weeks where he kind of came out and had some of the his ceiling weeks and we got a little bit excited about um, if if I guess if I'm going to own one of these guys to answer the question, I'm, I'm going to go with the rookie and see if James Robinson gains any value that the other guys didn't gain or take away any touches from Fournette last year. But the fact that we couldn't give a one-word answer tells you all you need to know. <laughs> Absolutely, like, about the situation, right? Like it's and about your respect for me as a host. I, I'm I'm pretty much um, <laughs> sorry, John. Uh, I, I, I pretty fine. much am. I'm off I'm used the Jags running backs, but yeah, that we didn't do very good at one-word answers, did we? Hard Arm Armstead. Yeah, that's the that's I think that's gonna be my my guy. Actually, so I'm just, just gonna to, say James. Just, <laughs> just to, so we picked them all between the three of us. We picked every single I, running back to Jags half. So yeah, I'm gonna change job. mine. I'm gonna change mine to a Zigbo just to make. <laughs> I know. I was gonna there, say we've got the whole gamut. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So really, Which, if you have any of those players, it, um, other than the one that I named, you should try to trade them away. <laughs> but not to me for a second round pick because that won't happen. No, I, honestly, to Brian's <laughs> point, like go be happy with a third or a fourth. That's all you deserve for him. And and James Robinson, to my point, like honestly, he's the one that's probably in your leagues available on waivers right now. Yeah. So and he probably has no trade value at all. Like I'm just kind of dipping into the pot and going for the deep guy i don't know if it's the rookie fever in me or just kind of don't like the situation like we've talked about but honestly if you have any of these guys and there's anybody in your league that's interested don't worry about trying to fleece them or make them overpay because this just happened don't like write some false narratives just like give them to them for a third or a fourth because again that's all you deserve and you can you're opening up a spot that you can replace them with another running back that's of similar value. So yeah, absolutely. Like, Go get James you're getting Robinson. something for nothing, and you replace them with the exact same guy, just a yep. different name. So I'll just throw this out there too. If anybody's in any of my leagues, um, trade me Saquon Barkley. I will pay you full price. <laughs> just wanted to get oh, that in there. It's very price. important. The buy yeah. high is out there. <laughs> Yeah, he he ain't lying. <laughs> I'm not lying. I will pay for I will pay the price. Yeah, I won't it. overpay necessarily. I might even overpay a little. You'll overpay. But but John, <laughs> I think overpay. it was uh you earlier that mentioned before we got on the show and recorded this was kind of like are we supposed to be advising people to like is this the kind of moves we're going to make with our team? Like is that really like and i mentioned back is like well i haven't searched any of my leagues to see if any of these players are even available like mm -hmm. i i kind of don't care you know if if yeah. i have a spot and i can get them for absolutely free but i don't even know if it's worth my time with that yeah. said to go into those leagues and to look hard to see if i can get him before anybody else i just i haven't even looked so yeah those are the names and that's why i'm just kind of like saying you know just sell just get out as cheap as you can yeah, I agree. I actually, I did look um, at my leagues, and Chris Thompson, every league had him. Uh, Armstead, every league had him. Uh, there was two leagues that didn't have a Zigbo, and then Robinson. Um, it was like the op, you know, the flip. So there was yeah, probably that had him. All the leagues, so, yeah. so yeah, I mean, that's kind of at least the the two 
you know, wholly owned guys were Armstead and uh, Thompson. So yeah, it's a really good point. You know, exactly what Swag said is just flip those guys and just go ab Ed Robinson. You want too damn much for him though. Like you're sending weird offers just because Fournette got injured. Like just just be happy with what you can get sometimes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. All of this is a little bit triggering to me, and it's way too late for me to in this episode for me to get <laughs> to get triggered. But but from just, what aspect? Like, do you kind of agree with me? Like, people sometimes just want a little too much, or yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not definitely. holding on to those guys, right? And I'm not trying to trigger you. I'm really well, not like not what I'm going <laughs> for. But some of those guys I would hold just because. I mean, I think that you're probably going to get a couple startable weeks, predictably startable weeks out of each one of them, um, which is more than you can say for, you know, most, most players with a third round value, mm-hmm. um, certainly more than most players with a fourth round value. Um, but I mean, I, no, I don't, I don't overall, I don't, I don't hate the concept. It just kind of reminds me of, you know, the, the kind of common, um, wisdom that's floating around about uh, about handcuffs and and again, uh-huh. uh, we 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 don't have time to get to it. Yeah, so all I can do is tease it for you. next time. Next time we get you guys back, we can uh, we can talk more about you, this. And you know, I'm with you on that. I, I'd love to. Yeah. this has been a lot of fun. We should do this again sometime. I agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Very soon. Very soon. Mm. How about that? Mm. <laughs> what do you What do you think, Har? Should we uh, hmm. should we do it again soon? Need, I need to bring the brain in and get some James up in here. Yeah, that's that's the that is the only thing missing is James trolling me on the players that I like. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this this was way too tame, but still a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, thank you guys for being here, and uh, always always fun to catch up with with both you guys, Bill and Swags. And oh and man, if, absolutely! Thank you guys, man. So he's. It's at at Swagzilla. Is zero. it? It's zero G now. Right? I'm currently it's, Swagzilla zero G. Spill spill that J zero J. <laughs> On the verge of transitioning to Swagzilla. Hey, you never know, man. I'm kind of liking this zero six blame five G for this, you know, because uh, so how it happened is my I used to be Swagzilla, but Swagzilla was taken, so I was Swagzilla OG. Then went to DFF and, as you know, became DFF's underscore swag. And then when I went back to reclaim my Swagzilla OG account, yeah. I'm locked out of it. So I created another one, but instead of using the zero, I u- or instead of using an O, I used a zero, the actual number. And then um, Eric Flynn called me out for it because he's an editor and he noticed it like super quick. Like, why is there a zero there? And I'm like, it's an O. And he's like, no, it's not. Why is that O so skinny? Like, well, stop (laughs) looking at it, Eric. Like, you're ruining this for me. (laughs) So then everybody kind of started calling me Swagzilla Zero G. And then Trader Joe made like this badass like plane with like my logo on the side of it. And it said like zero G spelled out instead of like the generic OG way I was kind of trying to represent. So after he made that plane, I was just like, dude, I'm just going zero G cause that's kind of too cool. And everybody was kind of having fun with it. So I just kind of wrote it out and didn't, I, I couldn't have Eric editing my Twitter handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You, you can't, you can't let other people just, 
just change it on you like that. So, yeah. That's how you take back control right there. So, <laughs> well, then, isn't it then like then you was... can't give yourself a nickname, right? You gotta you yeah. gotta earn that nickname. So once you get a nickname given to you, that's your nickname. There's nothing to uh <laughs> yeah. now you're zero G swag. No, so. no, there's nothing holding me back, man. And it's just all up from here. <laughs> Freaking Trader Joe created a beast. <laughs> He's broken out of all of his chains, and now he is at Swagzilla, <laughs> zero spelled out, G. <laughs> that's spelled what it out. looks like. That's that's so, what. So people are going to put Swagzilla, Z-E-R-Z-O-G. Yep. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> that's You'll what it looks me. like when, when Swags breaks free. Every I'll, numbers get spelled out. It's all kinds of crazy. I'll find you guys. Don't even worry about finding me. <laughs> <laughs> and then at Super Dupa Flex, that has not changed. Bill McCarthy. It's 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 going to be Super Dupa Flex until uh, I don't know. Missy Elliott. He needs to uh, to rewrite that or something. I guess that's right. right. <laughs> At my sixtieth, uh, and you know, a couple decades, I'll uh, hire her to do my uh, birthday party. <laughs> nice. She'll do a she'll do a super duper flex song. Nice. She'll be like seventy or eighty. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the shepherd Brian Har. Always good to talk with you, my friend. You as well, my dude. All right, let's get you out of here specifically because uh, I believe you've got some uh, some addictions to talk about. Later on tonight. A few. Yeah. Yes. And we're right up against it. So let's just wrap it up for the week. Thanks again to our guests. Thanks again to my guy Har for his time as well. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to DLF Family, a podcast mega feed. And do us a huge favor and rate and review the super show. Help us to get more people, touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. Get at us on Twitter. I'm at Superflex Dude. He's at Brian Har FF. And again, Swagzilla Zero G and Super Dupa Flex. Thanks to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah.